Ace and everyone else, welcome back to a new episode of 100 Steps to Drag, the podcast where I, Natasha Hundreds, sit down with your favorite drag artist and talk about how they got started and where they want to go. We are closing Pride Month with a bang with such a great guest. I am stoked to have her on the pod. She, I'm, I'm going to describe her to you a little bit because she enjoys, loves long walks to the bar, fat asses, and being skinny. She's outspoken and glamorous, real, and she is the Curbs of Canada. Please welcome Eve 6000. Hi. <laughs> How are you, girl? I am so good. How are you? I, I'm, you know, outside, I'm great. I have all this energy. Inside, I'm like, oh, my back hurts. My feet hurt. Pride Month has been kicking my ass. Your neck, your back, your pussy, and your crack. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I wish more on the piss, but hey, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we do what we can with what we have. Yes. How's your Pride Month been so far? It's been pretty good. It's not been super busy for me. I've only had a couple of things, but I've been getting filler done like every week because I'm actually in a Pride partnership with a filler brand and it's called Hugel Aesthetics and they are like out of South Korea and they have a lot of really cool like industry leading filler products. And I'm like actually not like speaking to you like in a, what do you call it? Like a partnership capacity right now, but I, I just really love like the products. I think they're so great. And also I am going to get Botox from them soon, which they have a very special kind of like Botox product that like lasts a lot longer. It's a lot more effective. So I'm super, super, super excited for that. So really, I've just been getting filler like every week. And then all the guys keep talking to me on Grinder, and they're like, can I come over? Da, da, da. And I'm like, well, girl, I just got my chin done so I can't open my mouth wide enough. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's like, she's still sensitive. I still can't exactly. do it. Daddy. Can we reschedule for like two weeks? Exactly. My jaw is too tight. I can't, I can't accommodate something of that size. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I need to get that uh, plug from you because I've been thinking about getting some Botox, you know, some preventative. Because we're still young. I realize that we are actually the same age because your birthday was a couple of days ago. Yes, yes, we are 24. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. <laughs> we are, yes, both of us. Do you have any crazy birthday stories that you'd like to share? Because I was thinking about this and I was like, oh my gosh, for my 30th birthday, I was, it was 2021. Uh-huh. Yes, I'm not 24. I'm sorry to break it down to y'all. But for my 30th birthday, I was... But I am. <laughs> but she is, even though we're the same age. Yeah. I was like, okay, I want to perform because it landed on a Saturday, my birthday. So I reached out to one of the girls. Shout out to Christine Yaminka. I was like, hey, girl, can I be on your show? And she was like, of course, it's my birthday, etc. So I was there, fabulous show. And everyone, like, she kept mentioning that it was my birthday. So a lot of people bought me shots. And oh my God, girl, I just woke up the next morning. I didn't have any glasses. My husband told me that I puked <laughs> like outside of the car in a gas station. It was a mess, but I had a lot of fun. <laughs> According to the videos on my phone, I had a lot of fun. For me, like I just like most of the time on my birthday, I get like a little depressed and I don't really want to do anything. And then like what I'll do is just like spend the whole day by myself and like not really do anything with anyone and like play video games or draw things or whatever and I don't know I, I like doing that like I like just having a day to myself even though I, I do that a lot but <laughs> <laughs> I like doing it on my birthday I don't know why it's special you know I feel like that's a really good act of like self-care because you have to be in peace with yourself and be like okay what do I want to do that I enjoy the most yeah. I enjoy getting fucked up and, you know, throwing up in gas stations. <laughs> so everyone's <Right>. different. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my god, oh my god. But I'm so excited to find out more about your starting in drag. I don't think that I know a whole lot about that. How was your first time in drag? Let's start there. Well, my first time in drag was in 2014. And I had I had been practicing like drag makeup since like 2013. And I've been like, you know, just in my like in my bedroom, just like practicing it. And so the first time I went out was in 2014. It was in June. And I went to the viewing party for season six of Drag Race. So it was the first episode of season six. I remember Juicebox was there. Well, Scarlet Bobo was hosting that night. She was hosting the show uh, with another drag queen here in Toronto. And Juicebox was also there in attendance. And she was like sitting at another table. And I remember seeing her and like, she looked kind of like, I don't know. She, she looked, it definitely looked like 
like her first time in drag as it looked like mine, I'm sure. And I didn't say hi to her, like approach her or anything because she looked really like rude. (laughs) (laughs) Arresting bitch face. And I think we both did not like each other. At first we both had like a bad first impression of each other. But anyway, yes, that was the first time I did drag. It was, and I I would go out every week for the season six uh, viewing parties. So yeah, it was really cool. And also the person who made my promo look for Drag Race, she was like also just like we got to know each other at that time and she came with me for a couple of viewing parties and then afterwards we would go back to my apartment and we would like record our impressions of the episode so I had videos uh, you know and then we reconnected years years later and she made my promo look for Drag Race so it was so cool a full circle moment you're like I met you the first time I was doing drag and now you're helping me with this huge project that's so cool yeah no she's amazing her name is Disaye and she's a amazing designer. She's so great. I believe you because that promo look was beautiful. That looked really stunning. Oh my god. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing a new look right now that's kind of, it's like the like final Sailor Moon evolution of that promo look and I'm going to be wearing it in the parade on Sunday so I'm super, super, super excited for that too. Ooh, I linked that post to that look on the show notes so y'all can see it so y'all can enjoy it. Yes. That is so cool. That's that's a funny story because I one of the first times that I was out in drag it was also like a viewing party mm-hmm. I forgot what season was it I don't know if it was like 8 or 9 but I was like kind of shy and there I met like one of my favorite drag sisters Sapphire oh my god and to this day we're like super cool so I think that you know making connections is to me like one of my favorite things of doing drag just being out there talking to people chatting with them getting trades sometimes depends on what you're up to yes <laughs> that's a connection honey <laughs> <laughs> that is a connection we want to make. <laughs> yes. So how do we go from there to like actually like starting doing drag a lot more? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you started like on YouTube. Like how did we make that jump of like, hmm, this is something not only fun, but that I want to like do as a career. Yeah. I mean, I kind of just caught the bug and I saw like, you know, a lot of the girls in Toronto that were working all the time. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I want to be one of those girls. I want to like do that. And I quit my regular job, which was the dumbest thing I ever did. But so I quit that job and then I just started doing drag like all the time. And it was really just for fun in the beginning. And I met Boa that summer and Boa and I became very close very quickly. And we started because she was in town, like she was in Toronto for school. So she was there studying and she lived like around Scarborough or something. So every time she came downtown, she would stay at my place, which was like in sort of almost North York area, but it was a lot closer to downtown than she was. So she would come downtown and we would go out and do drag together like at least once a week. And we would go out and, you know, do open stages and we would like interact with everybody, get to know everybody in the scene. And we were like menaces and we just like, we were just so messy and so bad. And like, I remember one time, one of the queens here, her name's Carlotta Carlisle and she is like, your quintessential, like, ostentatious, like, older drag queen who, you know, buys buys fucking silverware at Tiffany's and, like, it's just very, like, hoity-toity in the way. And, she, and we love her. She's so funny. Um, that runs on Facebook. <laughs> yes. No, she and she is, like, one of the people, every single year people ask me, like, who do you think should be on Canada's Drag Race? Bitch, they need to put Carlotta Carlisle on there because she is such a personality. Like, such a personality. But anyway, Anyway, so I remember one time me and Boa went out and did the Tuesday night show and we were terrible as as always. <laughs> I don't believe that. No, no, it's true. We were awful. And then the next day, Carlotta posted something on Facebook and was like, this is a PSA for anyone wanting to do open stage at Cruise and Tangos, which was the bar. And she was, she said, anyone who wants to do open stage at Cruise and Tangos must be wearing proper um, hip padding, must be, must be wearing heels, must be wearing uh, lashes, like real drag lashes, da da da, must be wearing a nicely styled wig, must have their, you know, it's like, and, and me and Boa were like, oh my Oh my god, I wonder why she posted that. Like <laughs> No, you really had like a euphoria moment. Is this fucking play about us? <laughs> But we did not figure it out until way later that she was bitching about us. Because honestly, none of that stuff was true for us. Like, I was, girl, we were padded. We had lashes on. We were, you know, full, complete drag queens. But we were just not good (laughs) at it. (laughs) 
I can't. Not the Facebook post. Oh my god. <laughs> Girl, Facebook was where it went down. And for like the first two, three years of my career, I was the Facebook girl. Like, I was literally always posting a fucking status on Facebook. And that's how I became known, like, not only in Toronto, but, like, a lot in in America. Like, a lot of Americans know who I am because of my fucking Facebook posts back in the day. And because I used to, well, I still do, like, all the illustrations for everybody. So that's why all the Americans knew who I was, too. I remember one time I posted a status and I was like, the three ends of drag. Nobody notices nails. <laughs> that part (laughs) and so many fucking drag queens were lighting that fucking post up Trixie Mattel commented on it Kim Chi I'm pretty sure Shea Coulee commented on it too like it was wild back in the day my fucking Facebook posts were like the spot like I just I just always something about my brain I always knew what to say to like just piss everybody off (laughs) and some would say I still have that talent (laughs) I think you do. I think you do. You know, that's not something that you lose from, you know, one day to another. That is... It's a little subdued now, though, for sure. <laughs> I am obsessed because... I, what is the obsession with nails and drag? There's been so many posts about, like, oh, nails. Like, I think that most recently on Facebook, by the way, somebody said something like, oh, I forgot who the name of this queen is. But she said, like, something along the lines of, like, if you're not wearing nails, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who cares at this point? Like you said, nobody notices... Like, at the bar, nobody gives... Well, okay. I have to say, I have to say, that was my opinion back in 2014 or 2015. (laughs) Now... I personally, I always notice the nails and I'm kind of like a, you know, I don't know. I always see like, especially when there's a drag queen in like a really sickening look and she's like killing it. She looks gorgeous. I'm like, oh, bitch, like how dare you come out there with those hot dog fingers and you look so good and you're giving us fucking ham hocks. Like, please put some fucking, like, we need the extension. We need, and I know for me, like when I'm performing, if I don't have nails on, I feel fucking ridiculous. Like, I can't, I can't use my hands to like, Artfully, you know, emote the music. You know, it's not graceful. It's not like, you know, it needs the extension. It needs the, you know, but whatever. It's just my my personal opinion. Yeah. But if you don't wear nails, that's totally fine. You can also wear a glove. <laughs> you can also wear a glove. You can also paint your nails. You can also wear like a really big rings. There's always well, ways. If you I mean, big I just find you it don't so have nails on. Then you're just asking for it because that makes it look even worse. Uh, <laughs> that just makes your hands look even shorter and thicker. You know what I mean? True. I'm like, now that you think about like, it, it's it'll look like a mitten. <laughs> you know? But I think as long if there's a glove, if there's if you got a fucking opera glove or any, really any kind of glove, anything that covers your fingertips, girl, you're good. You're fine. Get, get your gloves. Get but your gloves. You know, I don't want to see though, especially because most drag queens are men, right? And then I see like their fingernails and it's like, oh no, like this guy like clearly works construction. Like those nails are disgusting. <laughs> I don't want to see those. Imagine you're in the audience at a restaurant and somebody comes up to take to snatch a tip out of your hand and their fucking nails are gross and you're fucking eating your food. No, 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 Okay, no, no. that part. No, no, no. That is a really good argument because I haven't thought about that. Right? Because my nails are always clean. I need my nails to be manicured. Honestly, okay, I was sucking this guy's dick a couple weeks ago. Mm. And... <laughs> And my acrylics were, like, on their last legs. So, like, two days before that, I clipped them off because I was getting sick of, like, catching them on things because they were too overgrown. So I clipped them off. So I had, like, these stubs, like, these sharp acrylic stubs on all my nails. And basically, the night didn't end up working out. Things didn't... How do I say this without being inelegant? He couldn't come. So... (laughs) So, basically, afterwards, I was like, you know what? I bet you if I had my nails... If I had my nails fully the way they were supposed to be, he would have come. Because the guys, they love the nails so much. Like, they go crazy for the nails. Okay, that part. You also feel different, too. You feel more powerful. You know, when you're, like, just, you know, getting into it. Getting, like, that. Oh, yeah. I, I do feel you. I love the motion you did there. I could see the whole scene. (laughs) Yep, yep. I'm sorry that everyone can't see it, and I think it's better that nobody else will see that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe yeah, yes. I do want this to be aired. <laughs> but funny enough, I did a show last night and I was wearing nails because I also love nails. I don't mind that other people don't wear nails, but like for myself, I do like wearing them. Right. I don't wear nails on my thumbs though. Oh. So I will be wearing like eight nails, but like I, I change and everything right, and like right, I don't know, right. like I just it just makes it very like very clumsy. I'm very clumsy already, so I don't wear it on my thumbs. Thought take. But like after that, we went to you know drink and whatever, and I kept my nails because I was like, you know what? I don't want to feel cunt. I want to feel the fantasy, and it also makes you feel like you know like empowered. I don't know. It's weird. So if any listeners out there don't wear nails, try them out and and see how that works. Yeah, try them out, girl. It's not too bad. <laughs> But let's go back to the drag in Toronto. I'm super curious to learn how the drag scene is over there compared to the U.S. I know you performed here a couple of times, but how is drag in Toronto? Is it easy for like new entertainers to come up? Well, so when I started, it was incredibly difficult. Like literally the only way for you to get any kind of booking was for you to like be friends with somebody like who who worked there already, who could give you the booking. Um, and then the open stages were kind of starting. Starting, they were kind of trickling in. We had an open stage at Cruise and Tangos, but when you did open stage at Cruise and Tangos, nothing really came of that. Like they didn't like see you there and be like, "Yeah, come work." Because the girl who who managed there pretty much was only booking her friends and the people who already worked there. It wasn't like a situation where she was scouting for talent. It was just like, "Yeah, like let them up there and do their thing, whatever." But then when uh, Woody's does their open stage, they would actually like invite you to come, and they would actually pay you like a small fee not a full fee obviously and they would actually pay you and it would be like your sort of tryout well, after you did that then they would see if they want to book you further from that so I ended up doing that with Boa and we did a couple of I, well I did a couple of bookings of Woody's she did a lot more than me she would be at Woody's all the time but now Woody's has its own actual open stage where anyone can come and, and perform like obviously not get paid but anyone can come and perform and from there that's how all the new drag queens are born now like anyone who's talented at all <laughs> even and the ones who are not talented. <laughs> If they go and do that open stage, they will start getting booked at Woody's. Like, not all of them, but, you know, like, within that is reason. funny. But, yeah. They're, like, not even the non-talented ones, girl. Like, everyone has to get a shot. It's like Oprah. <laughs> you know how it is at a bar, you know? You need the girl who's going to come up so that where people can take a break and go and get their drinks. Literally, yeah. So. <laughs> I call them uh, the bathroom queens because that's the, if I see yes. them perform, I'm like, I need to take my bathroom break now. I'll come back. When I started, we used to call them the smoke, gra- smoke break queens. <laughs> Because, like, at Cruise and Tango's, there was a, a back deck where people could go out and smoke. You can't smoke there anymore because the bylaws changed. But people used to go out and smoke during while while certain girls were performing. Yeah, it, it, it's it's valid, I guess. I mean, if, and, if I'm not entertained. Yes, yeah. And here in Toronto, this is the really unique thing about Toronto. We do what we call marathon drag, which is both pretty much like most of the bars on the strip. When you go out to the bar at, at like nine o'clock, there's gonna be a drag queen on stage performing the entire time. It's like pretty much the way it works. It started, I think, at Cruise and Tango's and that's where I started doing it. And at Cruise and Tango's, you would um, do do four numbers, so four songs um, in one outfit. Then you would go back and change while the other performer goes up and does four numbers. So when you change, you come back out, you do another four numbers, then you go back and change, come back out and do another four numbers. So sometimes you would do two sets, sometimes you would do three sets, and it would be a three-hour show. So after your after your numbers, you would also talk in between just to like spread out the time a little bit more. And girl, I would be on that mic saying the craziest shit. I used to make like the worst jokes. And if anyone ever like had a video of that and showed it to me, I would I would fucking die. Like I just was so embarrassing. But people loved me on the mic because I was just I was just wild. Like I just, you yeah, I was just unhinged. Like, that's the word for it. But I don't really do that anymore. Nowadays, every time I do a gig, they don't even let me on the mic, so. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, nope, nope, nope. We're not trying to do that. Go there. No. (laughs) But now my gigs are like, you know, drag race girl gigs. I feel like they think that if they ask me to be on the mic, then I would like ask for more money or something, you know, like, but for me, like, I would rather be on the mic because once I get on the mic, I can like endear people to me and make them more like excited for my performance. And then they'll tip me more. So... (laughs) Literally, yeah. That's why I love hosting. Yes. I always find, like, whenever I do a brunch, like, after I get on the mic, the audience loves me, like, ten times more. Like, they are, their money is out, and, like, I'm just picking cabbage, you know? Like, so I, lo- I love getting on the mic. But, yeah, Toronto does the marathon drag thing, and that's very unique 
to Toronto and sort of the GTA now, I guess. And I know, like, in the States, like, most of the time you guys show up with, like, one look or two looks and do one or two numbers and that's it. Like, and you guys spread them out throughout the night, which is perfect. Like, that's so much better. But, you know, in Toronto, we just... We go hard. Literally. Go hard or go home, baby, because I'm already exhausted about, like, hearing about this marathon. Four numbers and then having to talk on the mic. I'd be like, mm. is everyone having a good time? Like, oh, not four numbers. That is a lot. I would always do, I would always do two numbers and then talk. And I would talk for, like, five or ten minutes. Then I would go back and do the, then I would do another two numbers. And then I would talk for like a, like a minute or two and then leave and have the next girl come on. Because I felt like if I talk in the middle of my set, then I have a better chance warming the audience up to me and making them, you know, more excited for the rest of my numbers. That is smart. You know, like an entrepreneur right here, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, girl, I used to try and dance. I used to try to like, you know, do like uh, more up-tempo songs and stuff. So I was out of breath, bitch. And we would have a water bottle off stage and we would be like constantly drinking from the from the water bottles even while we were doing our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to. Four numbers is a lot. That's like, what, like yes. 15 minutes? That's a whole class of Zumba class. <laughs> and, and you like, and you get like dry mouth from like lip syncing like without any water or anything and the fan would be directly on us too so your mouth would be totally dry your lashes would be flapping in the wind you know so well you see I couldn't even I'm shocked I'm gooped (laughs) do people tip in Canada Uh, I don't know if that's like a costumary yes 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 so in Canada um, people do absolutely tip our smallest bill is a five so at certain shows like people are less likely to tip just because like like for example I went to a show that's in a smaller market and they apparently never used to tip there because people didn't want to tip fives. But now they do like a drag bucks thing where people come and they give their cash and then they're given back basically vouchers for the cash that they gave so that you can like can tip $1 to a queen instead of five. So yeah, that's how we handle that in certain markets. But in Toronto, people are people are really like, they're prepared to come up and tip and it'll be a bigger show with bigger audiences. So, and so, like, honestly, some nights when I was at Cruise and Tango's back in the day, I would make like three, $400 in tips like on a Friday, Saturday night. And then like, it's the same when, when I do like a brunch. It, you can you can make three or four hundred dollars in tips. There are other girls that make a lot more than me too. So it's like I don't know. It, it just it depends on the performer. Like it, uh, the girls who do like all the tricks and stuff and who are really like amazing dancers. Those girls make so much money in tips. Like they make so much in tips. Like way more than their show fee. So it depends on the kind of performer you are. Um, Toronto is like more of a, a dancey sort of drag scene. Like I know in the states, like there's there's like. In, di- in different markets, whatever. But, like, I know in the States in general, there's a lot more appreciation for pe- for girls who, like, park and bark and stuff. Like, you, like uh, Americans have more of an understanding of that. But in Canada, they really don't. So, like, it's very rare that a girl will get up there and park and bark and make, you know, tips down. So, it's... You know, it's a different, it's a different kind of scene. It's a different vibe. I really like um, American drag. Like I, I would love to one day move to like Minneapolis or something because they have a scene there that really appreciates like my type of drag, which is like, you know, head to toe, like, like nice glamorous. looks, I mean, yeah. glamorous and like serving, you know, which is what I like. I'm never going to be a dancer, you know, so I'm not going to start trying to dance at 32. Okay. <laughs> Not with these bones, girl. It's not happening. Like, you mean 24? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe when I was 24, I could have started, but I just was not into it. No way. <laughs> I, oh, I, my mind is blown. I love, I, I've never been to Canada, so I was, I had no clue what was the smallest bill, like, what's the culture like as far as drag. I'm like, that is sickening. I love how they manage the box of like, okay, if you don't want to tip a five, we'll change your money and give the girls like tickets so you can change at the end of the night. Yes. It's funny because it works similarly at a strip club. So if you want, uh, you've got a strip club and you want to buy like a private dance, they will give you like a little ticket and you'll give, you know, whoever like the, the usher, the ticket for the girl and he will give it to the girl. So at the end of the day, the the dancers will, you know, go back and change all their tickets for their money. Right. So it's, you know, in similarities. <laughs> I didn't know they did that in a strip club. That's crazy. 
It is crazy, right? But I guess it's for the girls to know how don't carry like the cash or like, I guess, less cash moving around. Right, right. I performed at the Abbey and the American bills, I will say I much prefer the Canadian bills because the American bills are so porous and like papery that like one of my bills, actually a handful of my bills were like covered in barbecue sauce. And it was like, I don't know how it happened. They, it was probably like when they fell on the floor or something. But like what, a couple of my bills were just covered in barbecue sauce. And I was like, this is the most disgusting thing. But with the, the Canadian bills, it wouldn't be as bad because the bills are not like porous because they're not paper. They're like plastic. Yeah, it works a lot better with the, the Canadian bills, honestly. But the other thing I don't like is like being tipped in ones. It's like there's so much to hold on to. Like it looks glamorous, but like it's not that much money. You can fill both of your hands with $40, you know? No, literally. <laughs> so if I had both of my hands full of cash with Canadian dollars, that's like two, $300. So, you know, which is about $40 American. <laughs> but no, the exchange rate does, does fucking kick you in the ass when you go to the States because I kept ordering like Uber Eats and stuff. One thing I'll say about the States too, I was expecting like McDonald's there to be so cheap. I was expecting it to be so fucking cheap. It is not. <laughs> McDonald's there, you guys have the same prices or higher than we have, and ours are in Canadian dollars. So, like, McDonald's is really expensive for you guys. Like, I don't get it. Honestly, it kind of is, especially if people that do it, like, all the time. I'm like, no. Like, all fast food is fucking expensive. That's why sometimes I don't like eating out as much, but kind of like being on the go, you have to. But it's fucking expensive. Yeah, and the exchange rate, like, I would order something from McDonald's, and it's like, my bill comes to let's say $21 for like a meal on, on DoorDash. In Canada, it would be about the same thing. But in Canada, that would be Canadian dollars. So in American dollars, that ends up being like $26 Canadian or like, yeah, about about probably $26, $27 Canadian. So I didn't even really pay attention to the exchange rate. So I kept ordering, you know, all that stuff. And I look at my bank statements like, oh shit, like that kind of <laughs> ate up all my money. Like... <laughs> That is, yeah. Especially like Uber Eats and all those apps. Like they fucking charge you for everything. Everything. I'm like, oh. And then taking an Uber, it's like, I'm going across town in LA. It's like, oh, it's $40. Like, okay, fine, whatever. Get the bill back in Canadian dollars. It's 65 It's so, so expensive. I'm like, Fuck. like, so expensive. Some girls, some drag queens, like, don't have a car and they just go to the gigs on, like, either public transportation or Uber. And I'm like, girl, props to you because that is a high bill. That is a high ass bill. I would be terrified to take um, transit, like, public transit in LA. Like, even not in drag, like, I. I like walking around LA like quite a bit. Like, are you, you live in LA, yes. right? <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I met, I went to a handful of different neighborhoods, right? Like, cause I was, I was staying downtown for most of the time there. And I remember like we went to the first day, we went for, straight from the airport to the convention center and we were setting things up and I was helping out the other girls a little bit, like not really helping that much, but I was there. Um, and uh, <laughs> moral yeah, support because I did support. almost my entire setup on the second day. So the first day I was sort of hanging out around Isis's uh, booth, and we, me and my friend Shady, went to this restaurant, um, Jack in the Box, right? Fancy to go and get some food because it was close. It was around the corner, right? Girl, they should rename that place Crack in the Box because literally, I could not believe it. I could not. I'm Raven. I could not believe it. <laughs> Literally, we were in there scared for our fucking lives. The cashiers had like bulletproof glass in front of them. Like, I don't know what that's about. And like a speaker box, like it was a cash loan place. Like it was crazy. And then we ordered all of our stuff and we had to like sit at the table and wait for it. We had a huge order because we were ordering for everyone who was helping with the booth, right? And so we were sitting and waiting and like the entire restaurant, let's say there was probably... 25 people in there, I would have to say at least 20 of those people were actively on crack. Like, and it was three in the afternoon. Yep. And I, I was just like, holy, like this place is terrifying. And it was, it was, you know, and I was looking, you know, a little non-binary because usually when I go to the airport, I don't dress too feminine because I don't want there to be issues with my passport. In my passport photo, I have a full beard and mustache. <laughs> 
<laughs> it looks very different than how I look now. So I don't want there to be any issues, right? I, I dress kind of like, you know, like a little butch at the airport, right? Just to just to make it past the security. So I was still in my airport dress. Yeah. So I was like, okay, at least I'm not like visibly trans right now or not that visibly trans because I wouldn't want, you know, some one of these people to like come for me, you know? Because I don't want to, I don't want to have an argument. I don't want to be in an altercation. Like I'm terrified of these people, you know? So when we finally got into there, I was like, holy fucking God, thank you. Thank you, Mariah Carey, for getting me out of that situation. <laughs> I can make it no. through the rain and through the crackheads at Jack in the Box. <laughs> Welcome to LA. Welcome to LA where there's crackheads everywhere. Everywhere. And then we went to Santee Alley. Let me tell you this story about Santee Alley. I had to go to Santee Alley several times because I kept like forgetting stuff. And then one time the the store that I wanted to go to wasn't open. Had to go back again the next day. Blah, blah, blah. I went to Santee Alley with Boa and her fiance Connor and uh, Lawrence Chaney and her friend came with us too, but they had left already. So it was me, Boa and Connor. And Boa was like, okay, let's go to this store here. So they go to that store and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll join you guys after, but I have to find a place to pee because I am about to piss myself. Like I really have to pee so bad. So I was walking around Santee Alley for fucking ages looking for a place to pee. There's nowhere to pee there. Even the Starbucks around the corner, they're like, oh no, we're, we're just... We're just a stop and go Starbucks. We don't have a bathroom. Like, are you fucking kidding me? A Starbucks without a bathroom? How dare you? I'm paying $10 for coffee. Like you should have a fucking bathroom. Fuck you. So I had to go to, you know, like the market at Santiago. Yes. And they charge you a dollar. Like it's around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I went I went in there and I, I had heard, like one of the people I had asked for a bathroom in one of the stores was like, there's a bathroom in the flea market or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and she's like, but they charge a dollar or whatever, right? So I go, I go to the flea market and there's a store and there's a girl there. And I was like, hey, um, is there a bathroom in here? And she's like, yes, but they charge 50 cents. And I'm like, okay, I don't have any cash on me. So can I like buy something from you and you can give me 50 cents or whatever? And she's like, yeah, okay. So then I pick out like a lens cover from my phone or whatever. It's one of those little phone shops. So she, so I was like, can I pay debit? And she's like, no, it's cash only. And I'm like, oh, but I don't have cash. Bitch, I just told you I have no cash on me. And then she's, she's like, yeah, the, we don't have debit here. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. So then she's like, here, just take the 50 cents. I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'll come back and buy something, which I didn't because then I would have to go and take out cash to come back to buy a fucking thing that I didn't even want. <laughs> I'm like, not too much. <laughs> yeah. So then I went to the back of Santiali and I was dressed like more femme that day and um I put the 50 cents and then I went I went and I went into the men's bathroom because I don't want any like problems you know what I mean like if I went into the women's bathroom and somebody happened to have like an issue with it I don't want any problems I figure in the men's bathroom it's less likely that someone's gonna say anything at all because most men when they go to the bathroom are not gonna say anything yeah so I go into the men's bathroom and I'm speeding my way to the back to go into the stall and this the, this guy was at the urinal and he turned and he goes this is not the ladies room but I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I got reverse clocked. Oh my god, not reverse clocked, Penny. <laughs> Oh my god, honestly, a milestone. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I, I'm too passable. <laughs> no, that is so funny. Reverse cluck at Santee Alley. Oh my god. I will say, I mean, yeah, the, the neighborhood around the convention center, it's a little sketch, but I've never had sketch the house down boots, I will say. <laughs> I've never had an issue with the crackheads there. Honestly, everyone just minds their business. As long as you don't interact with them, yeah. they will not interact back with you. That's what I like about them. <laughs> well, that's good. On my walk around the block, one of the streets I ended up on was like a very sketchy street, let's just say. And it was like full of like, you know, sleeping bags. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. A little tense. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, so I was, you know, and I'm not from LA. I'm not, you know, I don't know how people are in the States. In Canada, like there's a lot of all around my apartment because there's a park across from where I live and the park has a lot of people. Unfortunately, you know, homelessness is a very big problem everywhere that, you know, the government should be doing a lot more to solve by, you know, giving these people homes. But I did have a very unfortunate interaction with someone one day right in front of my apartment building because I like, I went to go and throw something out in the garbage, but then I realized that, like, you know when you buy a bottle from the corner store and it has like a it has like a plastic wrap on the lid? Mm -hmm. So you go and you have to throw that out, whatever. So I went to like take off the plastic wrap and throw out the thing and I was walking towards the garbage but then I realized it didn't have the plastic wrap on the lid. So I turned around and went back to where I was waiting for my Uber. And the guy who was standing near the garbage bin thought that I was taking a picture of him because of the way that I was holding my 
my phone. And so he was like, were you taking a picture of me? I was like, no, I was just like going to throw something out in the garbage. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you're taking a fucking picture of me. I'll fucking steal your phone and I'll stab you. And da 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 da. He like literally threatened to, to kill me. <laughs> and thank God my Uber pulls up right while he's fucking like yelling at me. And I'm like, no, I was not taking a picture of you. I was just throwing something out and I'm leaving. And I went and got in the fucking Uber. Girl, it was scared the fuck out of me. I was scared to be out around my apartment after that because I didn't want that guy to see me again, you know? Yeah, no, that's fucking scary. I mean, it's unfortunate, like you said, that homelessness is so prevalent, like in the States, in Canada yes. and everywhere. Yes. But I mean, I will say that I perform in like downtown LA where there's also like a lot of tents at night and I go back to my car with like my suitcase and everything and I've never had any issues. So I feel like, Good. I mean, at least here, like they're just, they just want a place to sleep and live, honestly. So yeah, again, just don't interact with them. Don't look at them in the eye. Don't, <laughs> and you'll be fine. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just like, I'm in an environment I, I don't know. I've never been there before. I've barely been to the States before. The only place I'd ever been in the States was Chicago when I did Miss Continental Plus. So that was the only time I'd ever been in the States. So I was really, you know, a fish out of water, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Dragon was interesting because I was also there setting up for my booth. And as me and my husband were looking at it, we're like, it needs something more. So we Google and there's like a 99 cent store a couple of blocks away. So we're like, period, let's mm-hmm. go. And we get there and the lights are out in like the entire block. So we're like, oh, are they still open? Bitch, of course they were still open. They were like cash only, <laughs> blah, blah. They were writing down every transaction. I'm like, this is my people. Like they will not stop. And we bought like some other stuff, some balloons and decorations and like went back. But I was, I love that they were still working with their, without no power at all. Why were the lights out? Was the power outage? Yeah, there was some power outage in like the whole block. So like oh. no other businesses had lights, like no traffic lights, nothing. Can you imagine if there was a power outage during Dragon? <laughs> oh, like during like a Saturday, like Saturday at 12 p.m. That would have been oh, crazy. That would have been sickening though. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though? Friday was so much better for me than Saturday. I don't know what happened, but, like, Friday morning was super dead, and I was like, oh, no, like, I'm really, like, I got really sad for a minute because I was like, oh, fuck, like, am I going to have nothing from this? Like, whatever. But then Friday afternoon, like, it really picked up, and, you know, I ended up doing a lot better than I thought Friday. And then Saturday was just, like pretty dead all day like it wasn't giving I don't know but I also was told by so many people like so many people who came to my booth were like I've had such a hard time finding your booth like I've been looking for your booth all day and I have not been able to find it like the location your booth is in is such a bad location I don't know what to do like I can't like I didn't choose the location they just picked one for me you know and then like I remember a couple of weeks before I had asked if they could change location because I wanted to be in an area where there was more mm-hmm. people that I knew and they they couldn't do it because it was too late so I was like okay I get it that's fine but yeah I really wish I was in a better location because <laughs> my location sucked I couldn't find your booth I was looking for your booth and like for Irma Gerd and like some of the other Canada girls as well I was like where are they? Irma Gerd was near me but you know what's funny I, I didn't even see Irma Gerd Irma and Vivian were very close to me, but I didn't see them all weekend. I didn't see them at all. It was hard to find because I had a lot of people like on TikTok after Dragon tell me like I could never find your booth or even some friends of mine that I saw there when I was walking that was like, oh, my booth is right over there, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, girl, I could never find it. Yeah. I think there was just like a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just like, yeah, confusing and overwhelming too. Like you didn't have time to like look and like, oh, what number is that? No, you just wanted to move because you feel like everyone just like walking. It was a little overwhelming, but I had a lot yes. of fun. If I ever do DragCon again, which I don't even know if I will, but if I ever do DragCon again, I'm putting, I'm doing two booths and I will put a giant, like very recognizable picture of me on the on the front of the one booth, which will be like, you know how some girls did like a hidden booth where they were inside of it and they just sat in there and took pictures? Oh yeah. I'll do that. That is kind of cut. Yes. That is kind of cut. Because honestly, that's so preferable because then you have a place where you can change. You have a place where you can put things, you know? And so I would have the hidden booth sort of set up that like Jiggly Caliente had and Robin Fierce had it and all those girls. And I would just put a giant, like the most recognizable picture of me, whatever like famous look it is from Drag Race or whatever. Probably my monochromatica look if I had done it this year or if I get on another season eventually, then I'll do whatever look is the most popular from that, you know? So that people will see it from far away and go, oh, that's Eve, let's go. And, you know, because so many people were telling me I couldn't find your booth. And then the other big mistake I made was I didn't have my name on my booth. So... 
a lot of people didn't recognize me at first because they had never seen the looks I was wearing. I looked different from the show, and my boost. glow up, honey. Yeah, I mean, thank God. But then, and then my boost didn't have my name on it, so <laughs> <laughs> I made a couple mistakes. Let's just say that. But if I ever do it again, I, I know what, to, what I would do different for sure. You live and you learn, you know? Mm-hmm. I think they should do like a drag con in Canada. I feel like that would be sickening. They absolutely should. Because a lot of people cannot like fly to the States like that, you yes. know? And it's a lot cheaper yes. to fly in the country. So I think they would do really good. I have to tell you, yeah, it is cheaper to fly within the country. And also a lot of Canadians don't have passports. Like I know so many people who do not have passports because they just, they don't go anywhere. They don't travel to other countries. But to come to Toronto, they yeah, everyone can come to Toronto. People come to Toronto all the time from, from everywhere in Canada. So I think it would be great to have a uh, drag con Toronto. Even some Americans would come, like people who live in Detroit, people who live, you know, wherever. Like people, places that are close to Toronto and Canada, they would totally come because they don't have New York anymore. So let's do fucking Toronto, bitch. Let's do it. Exactly. I would live. World of Wonder, if you're taking notes, you know... Make it happen. Come on, World of Wonder. Make it motherfucking happen. Give the queen yes, her crown. let's get sickening. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But after Drag Race, you've done a lot of things, but I wanted to learn what is next for you? What are some of your goals for drag, maybe in the short term, in the, like the next 12 months or so? And what would be your ultimate goal in drag that you'll be like, oh my gosh, bitch, I did that. Well, in the next 12 months, I'm not saying anything about like whatever. There, there's no secret here or anything. But if they do do another, you know, Canada versus the world, which I think they've announced, I would love to do it. So <laughs> if they're doing that in the next 12 months, please call me. You guys have my number. I would love to do it. But also, you know, and I mean, any other season of Drag Race, I would love to do just because when I did my season, I was so in my head because I was like, there were so many things going on in my head that I didn't even like understand what it was about. You know, I'd had like doubts about like my gender identity before. And I had like sort of waffled back and forth with the idea so when I was doing that season, I had sort of the transness in the back of my mind without even understanding it. And it really like affected me a lot. It made me put a damper on my whole like motivation because every time I'd have to present out of drag, I was so uncomfortable, insecure, and like unhappy with myself. And I didn't even like, I didn't even fully understand why. It was just a really hard experience for me. I also had like some family stuff going on that I could not talk about. And, you know, I still can't talk about. It was really, really, really difficult um, for me to go through that whole experience. And I, I felt, I felt very stunned and like what I was able to do, what I was able to convey and who I was able to be on camera, you know? And I also, I have to say that like when I started doing drag, I was so outspoken, so like prickly. Like I just like had so much to say and I didn't care what anybody else thought, you know? And I kind of lost that part of myself because I got so like discouraged by the way that a lot of people reacted to me. And like, there's been times when I've been totally wrong and I'll, I'll admit it and I can move on from it and stuff, you know? But I'm so much more careful now because, because I've aged and because I, you know, I just see things differently now and I, I'm, I'm a lot more empathetic. I do want to get that part of myself back, the more prickly part of myself, because it's more compelling for television, you know? And there was a piece of that, which is what which is what people liked me for. But like, I want to go back and really be able to fully embrace who I am and, and not have to second guess myself all the time, you know? And I, I want to have that experience. And, you know, there's a lot of just feelings that I couldn't articulate. So I want to go back and be fully open, be fully present and turn some more fucking sickening looks. Like, I would love to do that in the next year. If uh, the opportunity is there, I will take it. And then in the future... I mean, basically, all I care about with drag is, like... Money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, there's that. But, like, it's, like, doing doing the work that I feel is the most fulfilling, which means that I'm doing, you know, amazing looks that I really, really love. You know, being able to, you know, do cool, like, makeup looks, do um, commentary, do, like, podcasts, whatever. And then I would love to eventually be able to do something big with like charity work. You know, I want to be able to garner enough influence that I can use it in 
a better way and like really help a lot of people like that would be definitely a a huge long-term goal of mine that's one of the that's one of the things that i think about and i would love to eventually be able to do that with my career because i see a lot of the things that a lot of the other girls do like a lot of the like more popular more famous american girls specifically and i'm like damn like they're really they're really fucking killing it with this and i'm like so proud to see the girls you know give back to the community and i'm quite a political person you know politically minded so i I would love to be able to influence politics and be able to help our community because we're going through such a difficult time right now. We are. I love all of this. First of all, I need you back in my TV screen. I know that you would kill it. You would kill it the first time around in my eyes. So I know that this full force E6000 2.0. Oh, so you're delusional. I am. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all a little bit direct delusion? A little delusion helps. I'm telling you, honestly, a lot of the girls who make it really far on Drag Race are a little delusional and it helps because it keeps you confident. Like, and I didn't have that on my season at all. I was so self-obsessed. Like, I was obsessed with, like, knocking myself down. Like, and I could never get out of it. So, yeah, I would need a little more delusion going into it. Absolutely out of this world, disconnected. In my mind, I am, like, a superstar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, but I would love to see you back then. I Because the looks were looking, honey. They were serving. That lion look still lives in my head rent-free. And I know that at second run, you would kill it the fuck out. Yeah, thank you so and much. And I love that you want to get back as well. I think that a lot of the time, especially uh, when girls get out and get big, sometimes they get a little disconnected of like charity work and like the community and I think that is so important because that is the community that really gave you your career so I really love when queens partner with like ACLU or other organizations nonprofits to like give back that is beautiful recently I did like a applied for a, a creator fund and they asked me like what is like your dream partnership brand and I said like the ACLU honestly because I love all the things that they defend that they stand for not only now that they are standing for drag but historically they've done so many great things and like just to get to work with them would be like a dream for me yeah yeah no that would be amazing there's a an organization here called rainbow railroad and they help a lot of queer refugees come from countries where it's not safe for them to to be queer so i really love being able to work with that kind of organization i would love to do more work with them in the future but every time i see like something they're involved with like i had this um, candle company send me some candles the other day called vigil they're partnering with rainbow railroad to donate like five thousand dollars yeah i really appreciate like that kind of organization that helps queer people who are like in places where they could be killed you know just for being who they are and i mean that could happen anywhere pretty much but it's you know much more likely in certain parts of the world and we need to protect those people so we do and i'll include some uh, links to the rainbow railroad and to the aclu and the show notes check them out if you can support them or at least get informed and share their resources that takes us no time to do and everyone can do it and should do it absolutely look at us being beacons for the community (laughs) (laughs) yes oh my god but now we're entering my favorite section of the podcast which is the drag tip of the week (laughs) Eva, if you could share one piece of advice with new drag artists what would that be my piece of advice i always give to new drag artists is to find whatever makes you unique and just continue pressing on with that and don't give up like because a lot of people people a lot of people have something very special then they kind of let the community like beat it out of them because they because like it's not perfect in the beginning you might be a little weird you might be a little offbeat your makeup might be a little crazy and people don't understand it right now but if you keep going with it and just keep like fine-tuning it and keep perfecting it in your own way then it will become something really special that's different from everyone else that nobody else is doing i think like that's that's probably the most important advice i could give to any beginning drag queen just stick to what you feel is the most important stick to what you feel is you and make it work that is beautiful advice a girl to my came to my mind right away she is local and when she started she was very much like mm-hmm. outside of the box and i loved her numbers and it was something different something fresh like you said something that no- nobody else was doing but i don't think that people received it as well because again we're more used to like the tricks and the jumps and the glamour so nowadays as the years progressed i saw her drag like transform into more of that and i'm like oh i liked them a lot more better when she was doing 
all that, you know, all that weird, crazy shit. So that is great advice. Find that and don't let it go. Like, hang on to that. Yeah. Yeah, literally hang on to what makes you unique because especially in the context of a world where we have drag race, you know, as an American, especially like getting on drag race is hard. You know, it's a lot of people, thousands of people that apply every year and they're 10 times more likely to take a girl who's unique and weird than another girl who does the splits and does, you know, work me down and or or another park and bark glamorous diva. They can only take so many of those every year. They need like a unique perspective so if you want to get a drag race be fucking unique take them notes honey from the source herself from somebody who was on drag race take the notes right oh, <laughs> jesus this was a blast eve thank you again so much for doing this for being my guest oh. thank you so much for having me i like i really enjoyed meeting you in la you're so sweet i recognize you right away a lot of people i i know from like tiktok and stuff i can recognize them but i don't i can't place the name but i knew you as soon as i saw you and i was like oh it's natasha like yes it's so nice to meet you and i'm so happy we got to do this because i i have been like aching to do more podcasts lately like i love doing podcasts and anyone who knows me knows that i like to get my opinion out there so <laughs> <laughs> I love doing a podcast so thank you so much for having me on the honor is completely mine please remind the people where they can find you on the social medias yes you can find me on twitter at also about eve and on instagram and tiktok at all about eve 6000 listen right now do yourself a favor and go and follow her Twitter. I'm not even <laughs> kidding you. You're going to have a blast, honey. That is where Facebook evolved to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. Basically, all the old Facebook drama is now Twitter drama. But I am uh, hopeful that Twitter will be replaced eventually by Blue Sky. Because, you know, we don't... I, like, I'm kind of... I'm getting sick of using the platform with Elon Musk on it and having him just be sick and disgusting in my face every day. I'm just sick of it. So I can't wait until people start to move over to Blue Sky as soon as they open that up. Because it's... it's we. Need Need something else. Twitter is just horrible now. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable supporting the man-child that Elon Musk is, but not at all. It, it, it's what we have right now, and we'll yeah. wait though. But yeah. uh, again, thank you so much. I loved meeting you in Dragon too. I was like, oh, that's Eve right there, and it's uh, oh beautiful to just meet somebody that you've been like in touch online with for so, so long. You're like, oh, it's finally happening. It's like it's real in the flesh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not an illusion. Well, thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate it five stars, share it with your friends. And if you are so inclined to do so, you can support it for as little as $1 a month. Check out the show notes for that. And we'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chow Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.